Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this either is or will become your favorite podcast. This is Shareable, the podcast so good, you got to tell someone about it. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard. In every episode, I talk with someone about the impact that people and technology have had on their career and their lives. So, let's get to it. Well, hello there and welcome back, my friends. It's Jeff, and this is Shareable. Today, I got to speak with Marty Wolf. That's right, we call him in the wolf. Marty Wolf is the president of Marty Wolf Business Solutions, which is an executive coaching and consulting practice focused on helping clients improve their sales and their profits. He's also the host of a regional business show, TechBridge Radio, and the nationally recognized Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf on C-Suite Radio, of which we are also a part. Pretty cool, huh? Well, sit back, strap in, buckle up, get a cup of coffee, and listen in, because this is shareable. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have the privilege of speaking with Marty Wolf. Marty, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Cool. So quickly, tell people who you are and what you do. Uh, Marty Wolf has a company called Marty Wolf Business Solutions. Uh, we are executive coaches, business consultants, and I call myself a business journalist. So we help uh, companies that are primarily small to mid-sized companies in several different industries. And our focus is really in helping them increase their sales and profits. And through uh, the business, uh, as a business journalist, uh, we have a podcast also. And I learned from all those guests. And that's basically the uh, quick story of Marty Wolf. Excellent. It's a good story. So I, want, I always like to set the stage by learning about my guest and how they use internet and technology. So kind of fill us in. Are you an early adopter? Are you a late adopter? Are you someone who creates content or responds to it? Or, or are you just kind of a spectator? And are you kind of an email guy, a social media guy, a search guy? Talk to us a little bit about what you do. I'm an early adopter uh, and my uh, children will attest to that. I used to have the dial up in the basement of the house and said, hey, kids, isn't this cool stuff? Um, and so one of my uh, children actually is a digital, digital marketing specialist. So I am an early adopter, uh, have used it over the years uh, effectively. Uh, the speed and the access to information is staggering because I've uh, been lucky and blessed enough to live several decades and I have seen the transition and it is just amazing to me and it is fun for me and for the clients around me to see how you can tap into the intelligence that is virtually uh, available to you virtually anytime, anywhere, especially through your mobile devices. So I have used it, uh, I think, very effectively and I'm definitely an early adopter and um, yeah, there's your answer. Cool. Are you, are you big on social media or email? Kind of what's your what's your go-to communication platform or are you kind of everywhere? I'm kind of everywhere. Um, email is uh, obviously important to people like me and it's a form of communication. Uh, I stay in terms of social media. Yes, LinkedIn is my primary tool. I am on Twitter. Uh, I am on Facebook. My LinkedIn connections are in the thousands. My Twitter connections are in the thousands. 
Facebook is uh, down the road, if you will, a little bit. I don't use that as well for business and um, certainly looking at Snapchat and, and all those other kinds of things. But right now, my focus is definitely on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Very cool. So related to how you use the internet, the thing I like to really pick out in this show is I, I want to know how people and technology, specifically the internet and social media, have impacted people's lives and careers. So what I'd love to know is about you know, you've had a career for, you know, however many years you've had it, and the internet came along at some point during that, and, you know, technology continues to impact and change different types of businesses. How has the internet impacted your career or your life? What are some of those ways in which you think without some of these advances, your life might have gone very differently? Well, I'm going to refer to speed once again. And remember, uh, my primary revenue sources as or as a business uh, coach executive coach and business consultant. So speed of access to things uh, in terms of data and information for myself to drive my own business and to help my clients learn new things, be up to speed. I love Twitter in terms of a news feed. Um, that's one of the things, I mean, I love to go on Twitter and in five minutes, I'm pretty much up to date, you know, and stuff like that. LinkedIn um, has been good on multiple levels in, in terms of helping me uh, find new opportunities, make uh, good connections and friends with a lot of people. A lot of influencers, uh, guests that have been on my podcast have come sometimes through a LinkedIn connection and, and a referral. LinkedIn has been a great referral tool for me in terms of my business uh, uh, coaching and consulting business. So it has um, changed my life dramatically. And I guess that's the early adopter part of me. It's probably my professional ADD also uh, is that I love uh, changes. I love new things. Um, I, I'm definitely the entrepreneur who wants to take it all in and put it into place as fast as I can. So the, so the Internet has allowed me to do that. And, and many of my clients rely on me to keep them up to speed, you know, in terms of what's going on in their industries. I mean, you know, when you talk about artificial intelligence and you talk about how technology is changing the world, my clients, uh, ref you know, depend on me to kind of keep them up to speed and educate them on different things and, 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 and encourage them to get on social media and or, uh, you know, those important platforms. Email is a critical thing, and at least in my world, and I think it's going to remain, uh, I think it's going to remain critical. Do you think that um, you know this access to information and the speed and all the things that it's given you? Do you think that the, that the career that you're doing right now? It's I mean, it sounds like you love what you do. You can kind of hear the passion and the way that you talk about you know the responsibility you have to your clients and things like that. Do you think that the internet and and these technologies have been some of the primary drivers of you being able to fulfill and and go into a career like you have and and have it be the way that it is? Positively, I wouldn't be able to do primarily the podcast. Now, also in terms of the executive coaching, I coach people that I've never been in their offices. I'm uh, I talk to people like you. <laughs> I'm not, you know, we're on Skype. Uh, use Zoom. Use all those techniques to communicate with individuals and or, or teams. Um, you know, being using all this technology. So um, I just think it's. Um, it's, my life would definitely be better uh, or different, I should say, because, again, I'm going back. I have the availability to look back years ago. I mean, 
I started my career, I would literally go into the library and go through microfiche and try to find names and, and find articles. And it would take you days to find out, find certain things like a uh, number of employees of a company, uh, uh, anything, anything that was worthwhile. You had the Wall Street Journal, things like that. But searching and getting information that's valuable and building relationships with people. And again, this, this, all of this can be used for bad as well as good. And you may ask me a question like that at some point. But for me, in my career and my business definitely look different. I would stay more regional because uh, I used to be in airplanes all the time. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't want to do that. Now, in case somebody's listening and they want to pay me $20,000 to go to San Diego, I'm there. That's fine. I'll fly. But... <laughs> But for the most part, how I how I do my business, choosing who to do business with, how to do them, how to do business with them, that's what the internet has allowed people like me to do. Freedom, I guess, is the word. And Gary Vanderchuk, who I'm sure you're familiar with him, uh, that's his main thing too. And I, I agree with that. It's it's freedom. Do what you do when you want to do it, and who you who you want to do it with. I have, I have a couple follow-ups because I, I it's so interesting. So much of what you've talked about when we talk about technology and, and this plays right into my hand, but you've talked about people. You've talked about yeah. the ability to connect with people across time and geography and have speed at bringing them information and um, all the different things that technology has enabled you to do with people. And I, I love that. And, and in a moment, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the impact about people in your life. But I do want to touch on something that you brought up that kind of triggered in me a, a thought. You talked about some of the negatives of technology. So when, when I asked the question about how, impact, how technology and Internet have impacted your life, oftentimes whenever I ask that question to anybody, they think of the positives. Do you have any examples of any of the ways in which maybe technology is, has made things harder for you or has uh, challenged you or has removed things in your business that you used to be able to do that now you may maybe not be able to do as easily? I can't think of any direct negative responses to me personally, except that the flow of information, when it goes into um, individuals and people running companies, that that information could be leading them astray. <laughs> I guess this falls into the whole political discussion of which I'm not going to go down, but it, it, it's the it's the real it's the real world. So uh, the the idea that there's so much information out there and uh, it can be misleading, and so therefore I guess maybe the negative part for me is that I have to. When I'm with the clients or I'm doing executive coaching, I have to verify that what they're learning, what they're taking in is all good, but you have to take a lot of information in to make the right decisions for yourself, your family, and your business. And there is an incredible amount of information that is being, and we don't even realize it, being forced upon us. And you have to be uh, discretionary. And you have to understand what that means for yourself, family, business. So I don't, all that's done for me is sometimes I do slow down. Sometimes I go like, okay, coming in at warp speed. What, what does this really mean for me and or my clients? So um, it's, a, you know, there's a great book, uh, if I could promote somebody, a guy named Cal Newport. He is an assistant professor at Georgetown. And uh, he wrote a great book. It's called Deep Work. 
And he makes a strong, strong case. <laughs> hey, look, you know, all this going on around us is, is good. But if you want a solid career, you want a solid business, understand the concept of deep work, meaning you have to turn off that computer every now and then. You've got to ignore that social media now and then. You have to take time out to do what human beings do. That's stop, breathe, think. And there isn't enough thinking going on right now. I completely agree with you. I've, I, I ponder that very idea a lot on my Day in the Life blog. Um, things move so quickly. It, sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, my, in my business, I'm a strategist. And sometimes I feel like I don't have enough time to actually sit down and, and strategize, actually think. Because the, the time of things is moving so quickly that um, I have to provide the deliverable before – uh, I may have had chance to really deeply think about things. So I completely agree with you. And I think your entire point about slowing down and verifying uh, really speaks to the fact that you define yourself as a business journalist. And that is uh, upholding the integrity of what a journalist would do is to mm-hmm. fact check and think about it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about you know the other side of this. And, and we all have these experiences of technology impacting us. But I think realistically – and you kind of alluded to this when you talked about the people when you were even talking about technology. But people have had a huge impact on all of our lives. Some of us have had mentors that changed our lives and gave us a piece of advice. Or um, we've read a book that really changed the way that we looked at the world or uh, any number of different things. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the seminal moments in your life where a person has had an impact on the direction of either your career or your life? It's hard to nail down one person. Of um, course, we all have hundreds of them, but yeah, well, you know, <laughs> sort of. My my philosophy on this is sort of like there's going to be one or two things that come right to the forefront of your mind in that question, and I'm curious about who are those things that that are your sort of reaction to the question that you think of either positively or negatively altered the course of the way you do things. Uh, my father comes to mind immediately. Uh, integrity, complete, unwavering integrity, strength. Um, and the second person that comes to my mind is my spouse. Her name is Isabel, uh, who stood by me through some very, very difficult times. We've been married a long time. So my spouse, uh, those two people uh, have given me the anchor, the strength, the uh, faith in me, the resiliency to stand tall, stand tough, not take the shortcut, and to get it done. And just Everything will be okay. Those are the two primary people. And of course, there's lots of them. I can go on and on and on. Oh, I'm sure. I, yeah. and I, but I, I, I really do love the fact that you, you said your father, integrity and strength, your wife and her strength and standing by through tough times, because I think that's sort of the lessons of resiliency, the lessons of not taking the shortcuts, all of those things. One, those are great lessons, and it doesn't take a business mentor necessarily to have that happen, which is what many people might think needs to happen. Um, and it's interesting you said your father, because if somebody asked me that question, the first person I would say, like without question, the thing that comes to my mind is my father. I would say yeah. one of the, the leading drivers in the way that I approach the way I look at life. So I'm happy that this early into the career of this particular podcast, that that, that is an answer that has come up. So thank you for that. I think that's uh, that probably gives people a lot of freedom there listening to it that they don't necessarily have to have, you know, a, a college professor or, you know, something like that. It, it could really honestly just be your family yeah absolutely and of course i do have a uh, i'll give a shout out to if you will to uh, a, a gentleman who during those resilient times uh, i won't even say his name because he'd be embarrassed but there was a business person slash friend who during those difficult times said 
hey, you know, come sell for me when I didn't have anything else to do. And that changed the trajectory of my life, quite frankly. Um, when I went to work for that friend slash business person, that led me to a career in some very, very big companies, led me to uh, the fact that I read as much as I read, the way that I learn, the inspiration to become a business person. And so, you know, on a personal level, I mentioned two people on the business level, there was a, and it was and still is, he just called me five minutes before we chatted, uh, a business mentor friend who gave me an opportunity, gave me a pathway, and it, it literally did change my life, no question about it. I love that. And, you know, so, so many people that are trying to carve their way in life feel like it's, it's on them. Like they have to pave their own way that they have to carry the, you know, the bag up the mountain themselves. And time after time, when I talk to people, it's clear that none of us do this alone and that there's always somebody that's either by our side or that's picked us up when we fell down and we needed them. So, um, you know, it's, it's a truly salient point that, that even the, the highest performers, are the people who at some point needed someone to, to guide them. Yeah. So let's, uh, one thing I'd love to know from you is, um, everybody can look back at their career in hindsight and say, you know, if I had only learned X at this point, at this early point in my career, I could have saved myself all this time or effort, or I could have, you know, uh, had a shortcut towards where I am now. Is there any big lesson that if you could go back to yourself earlier in your career, you know, a mantra, a particular tactical thing, what's one thing you would go back and tell yourself to do differently? Assuming, of course, that it wouldn't butterfly effect and change, you know, everything other, everything else in your life, but that uh, for, for the good of your career, you wish you could have learned earlier. I, I, that's a good question. <laughs> it's making me think. Um, I have often been my worst enemy. I think that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs. I have often been too aggressive, especially in my younger days. Um, I think through maturity and learning and uh, being building confidence. Uh, so I think that the lesson that over the years is that I I probably talked too much and been too rude to in certain situations where I've calmed down on that and uh, and I listen more. And, and I, I, I've listened more. That's the bottom line. Before, when I was, because my first business, I was 27 years old. I was a young Turk. I knew everything. I was the smartest guy on the planet. Um, so nobody could teach me anything. Uh, as I got older and I had a business failure, I realized, oh, slow down a little bit here, buddy. You, you know, you, there are other people. So I think that the, the thing that I, I should have listened more, I should have listened to other people. Um, yeah. Uh, listening. Not that I think anything in my life would be dramatically changed. I'd probably be richer. Let's put it that. Put it there, you know? <laughs> Not that I'm rich now. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. That's a good one. Listen yeah. more. Listen more. All right. Well, in, in a similar vein, okay, we've, we've looked back on your life, we've, you know, in your career, and we're, we're looking at it as it is now. We've talked about technology. We've talked about the people. We've talked about things you could go back and and if you could do one thing, you'd, you'd tell yourself to listen more. So kind of coming out of all of that, you're, you're, we have an audience that will be listening to this and, and seeking out pieces of advice and things that they could do in their life to improve their career, improve their life. What's something that you think that they should go and do today? Somebody that's listening right now, they're either starting a business or they're in a career or they're at a certain point in their entrepreneurial journey. Uh, what's one thing that you would recommend somebody go and do today? Buy a book. Yes. 
<laughs> almost any book. Um, it's 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 the critical thing. It's there's no question. I have no doubt. Of, I have no doubt at all that your ability to learn and your aggressiveness in learning in this day and age is the competitive advantage. Whether you're a solopreneur or you're running a company, if you aren't doing that, you're going to get your brains kicked in. Let, let's be let's be clear. <laughs> there's no question about it. If you're not reading um, business books and if you're not reading authors um, uh, like Tom Friedman, and, and here's another thing, big piece of advice for everybody. Uh, I make this a joke, but I'm serious. Uh, people have asked me why I search out uh, women for my podcast, why I intentionally network uh, as much as I can with women. Well, here's the joke. Women are taking over the world, and I want them to like me. <laughs> okay, it's a joke. Now, here's the serious part of it, because that is happening. Mm-hmm. Mark this date. Mark this date. Within a decade, within a decade, you're going to see this whole thing flipped around, because it's already happening, and you're going to see women in boardrooms. You're going to see a lot more CEOs, and quite frankly, I think that's a good thing. I'm 100% in agreement with you, by the way. I, I actually tend to hire more women. I tend to work with more women. Um, I find women generally a lot easier to deal with in business, and that could yeah. just be a personal thing. But I, and, and I just think that it's a good thing to have a diversity of thoughts and opinions, and, uh, and, and I, I wholeheartedly support that, uh, that theory. And the financials support all that. And if I could give another shout-out in terms of I suggested a book, uh, if you want to read something that I think is absolutely profound, I think is phenomenal, it's by uh, Sally Krauchek, and the title of the book is Own It. And Sally uh, is an executive, was an executive for some major, major firms, uh, Bank of America and, and things like that, and she's written an absolutely brilliant book. It's called Own It, The Power of Women at Work. It is awesome. That's Awesome. Uh, there is, I read an article, I can't remember when or by whom, but there's a couple VCs out in uh, San Francisco who will not actually back uh, firms that don't have CEO, women CEOs. Like, it, it, there's, there's a shift that's happening. We're, we're right, buddy. I'm telling you. Yeah. And do it, do it for the right reasons, but there's also practical reasons behind that. And um, do it for the right reasons, and diversity is good. Uh, and the whole idea of both gender inequality and income inequality, understand what's happening there because it is framing the business world as we know it. And again, if you're not paying attention to that, once again, if you're a small one-person shop or you're a multi-international company, you better be paying attention, my friend. 100%. I want to I actually uh, turn around and pivot back to the book conversation because I think – I really want to dig in on this a little bit if you're if you're willing. You, I'm willing. Okay, good. So so you said buy a book and and immediately that like it struck me. I loved it. I was just listening to a podcast with Mitch Joel and James Altucher and they were talking a lot yeah. about books. My business coach is constantly pummeling me with books and I have recently developed a little bit of an addiction for buying books. And I'm getting a lot more into reading them too, which is a huge thing. Well, here <laughs> here's here's where I want to kind of dig in a bit. I think that the proliferation of smartphones and technologies always on constant distraction is somewhat of a threat to quiet 
reading time of an actual book, whether it be Kindle or paper. So that's kind of point one. Point two is I question as someone who has now found a love of reading. I now – I'm in. I believe what you're saying on it. I am all in on the idea that learning is the competitive advantage that the person who spends more time learning about a thing than somebody else is going to have the advantage. But if you look at schools and you look at what's happening in terms of the books that are you're kind of forced to read and uh, you know college curriculums, all these different things, reading is not something that's generally seen as a positive thing early in life. How can – and I'm not asking you to solve world problems here, but how how do we shift that? We have the competing forces of technology, and we have a general sense that TV is cooler than reading a book. And yet I believe, just as you said, that books are one of those competitive advantages, that that's how we learn new skills. We see through people's eyes. We learn empathy. We learn new ways of seeing the world. How do we fix this? Is it fixable? Is it in the right direction, the wrong direction? Talk to me about it. Jeff, we are going to change the world right here, right now. I'm in. Let's do it. This is where technology can be an assistant. Yes, I agree that there's so many distractions. It's a distracted world. Um, but if we can get every – and education, the educational system it can be questioned and is being questioned. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. The, the, the leaders of our, of our world are saying, you know, your educa- the educational system is not doing what needs to be done. Okay, back to reading. If we can get every child to just go on to con, the con, con, um, yeah, K-A-H-N dot com. Familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Khan Academy. Yep. Khan Academy. There you go. Thank you for helping me out. And, and see the depth of just there that of, of learning and education. So, okay, it's not having a book in your hand, but it's it's learning. And I believe that when they start to see that, and if you can religiously put a book in some child's hands, I have, a, I have a granddaughter, 19 months old, I think she is, give or take. She loves books. You know why she loves books? Because grandpa loves books. She's never, she walks around with a book in her hand, sitting in people's laps and saying to read it to me. Well, so, but I think that the academy and all these online institutions are going to help slow people down. Uh, and even in those academies, they say, get this book or read this article. So I don't care if that reading is coming through uh, a screen. That's fine. I still like books. And the statistics are saying that books are having a comeback, by the way. I just started buying paper books. I, and I never thought that I would. I'm a minimalist. I loved having a Kindle. But I started uh, reading paper books. My business coach told me a couple things that were fascinating. One, you can write in books. Two, you can break the spine. It's your book. Do whatever you want. And three, you don't have to read cover to cover. You can read in any order you want or however you want. And that changed my life. There's a scientific fact behind that. You can dog ear. You can. It, there's science backs that up. But there's more value in that. If you want to learn for comprehension and for depth, you, you've got to have it in your hand. you got to market you got a dog ear you got to do all those kinds of things you got to put it up on a shelf uh, i don't you know we're not on uh thank god we're not on video because this place is a wreck but behind me is is just stacks of books well what do i do and if i'm looking for something what did i do before i before i uh, I, I knew what you were going to talk to me about i had the general idea i have five books in front of me right now uh, now if i was really speedy i could go from site to site to site I have five books that I'm going to, he may ask me a question about something. I have them in front of me. I'm ready. So I think that, again, the science behind it, books are making a comeback. And so many people 
are suggesting that that I do think we have to think about our we have to think global about this because it's just not what's happening in Philadelphia or New York City. It's what's going on in uh, Nigeria. It's what's going on all over the world because that's affecting your business. The best place, sure, the internet and, the tr- and Twitter and all those kinds are good, but read a book with some depth. Read Tom Friedman. Now, some people will say he's a liberal, okay? But read him. You know, read what he's writing. You, I'm, I've, been, I've been trying to read his book for two weeks. I can't get through it. Why? Because I got to stop. I got to think. I got to look something up. This guy is blowing my fuses. Like, you are you kidding me? I couldn't get that unless that book was in my hand. So you really fired me off. I apologize for going too long. No, no, I love it. I, I, I uh, one of we'll get we're going to actually go into the rapid fire questions in a minute. And one of the questions is about books. Um, so we'll we'll come back to. I already have an answer to it, but I'm going to give you a chance to to kind of rant sure. about it a bit more. But I, I actually think that we've we've covered some really amazing ground here about, uh, you know, just based on some of the things that have happened in your career, and then also this entire topic about learning and how we learn and where we learn. I think that, you know, we've covered some really great ground. Never apologize for, for going off on something you're passionate about. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Go. Okay. So you're a smartphone user, correct? Yes. What are the apps that are in your dock right now? So that, that bottom area, that's closest to your thumb, the, the four or five most important, depending on if you're Android or iPhone, what are the, what are the apps that are in there? Um, well, email, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, that I've already mentioned. And, uh, I've just, I've just added the Holy Bible. Cool. All right. There you go. So you're an Android then. <laughs> yes, I am. All right, cool. So you got email, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Holy Bible. That is, that's quite a spread right there. Okay. Second one, the one application, mobile, desktop, whatever that you can't live without. Oh, I, I can live without anything. Um, but- what I rely on in terms of an app, hmm, uh, it's going to be a strange answer. I guess the app and what I look at daily is the financials of my company. So that's a strange answer, right? No, uh, that's it's not a strange answer at all. Is it? Was that Excel? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I, I refer to it, and when I'm on the road, I'll. I mean, obviously not every minute, but that's some uh, up-to-date information that I want to see, and I think more business people need to pay more attention to their financials. Cool. So are you looking at Excel or QuickBooks? I'm looking at QuickBooks primarily. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. First time I've gotten that answer, but I like it. It's good. I actually just met with an agency coach uh, two days ago and, uh, and up finances are not really my thing, but they're going to become a lot more my thing. So you've just doubled down on the advice that I got a couple days ago. So all social sites are deleted tomorrow except one. And you are the dictator that says which one gets to live on forever. Anything that could be considered a social site, I don't care if it's internal, external, something like Slack or something like Twitter or whatever. What's the one you would keep? LinkedIn. I would go with LinkedIn um, because LinkedIn, well, they're all doing. I mean, now that uh, Facebook uh, Facebook is doing, actually, they're all doing a great job. Uh, I like what's happening with LinkedIn. I like the idea of the, the way they're communicate, they're connecting people and events. Uh, yeah, I even like the changes. I don't mind changes with any of these people. So I think the, the, the serious and intentional networking and connectivity that LinkedIn has been doing and continues to do is critical to solve these world problems that we're discussing. Excellent. All right, I already asked you this. We already covered this a bit in it, but I'm going to give you a chance to, to throw a few more in there or change your answer or add to your answer. But what's one book every business person should read? 
So you gave Sally Krauchek Own It, The Power of Women. If you said there's one book every business person needs to read, would that be it or would you suggest something different? Well, I'm, I suppose a lot of people are going to go with the classics, you know, Think and Grow Rich and stuff like that. And I think that that's fine. I, I, the, the classics are there and, and I think people should read those. I think if you had to one book today that you must read if you're in business, it's The Third Wave by Steve Case. Steve Case is the former uh, CEO of AOL. Yep. Uh, yep. The Third Wave, an entrepreneur's vision of the future by Steve Case. It's awesome. Awesome. I will absolutely add that to show notes for people. Final question. My favorite. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? A bigger brain to learn faster. Bigger brain to learn faster. Ah, I'm loving it. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Marty, you're an amazing person. You were nice enough to come and spend some time on the show with us. Now is your chance to tell people what you're working on, where they can go to get involved with you, anything that you want to promote, anything you want to talk about. It is currently your show, baby. Do your thing. Well, I love the idea that people can go to my podcast the same way that uh, you, we, we learn and we share. And, and, and you and I come from worlds of abundance, not scarcity. We love sharing. Uh, it's going to help everybody. Uh, I'll refer again to we can change the world. Jeff, we are changing the world when we have these conversations. But you can learn more about me by simply going to my website. And it is Marty Wolf. And Wolf is spelled W-O-L-F-F. MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Uh, my podcast, my video interviews, my my information as a executive coach is in there. Uh, certainly love to talk to people on LinkedIn. Um, but, you know, what I'm working on is just working hard for clients and trying to improve my podcast. And um uh, getting some great guests done and doing exactly what you're doing. Share information, share knowledge. It's only going to help all of us. Excellent. Everyone out there, I strongly suggest you go and check out Marty's podcast. He's part of the C-Suite Radio Network. Uh, Great show, great host, obviously super smart guy. Marty, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. We really appreciate it. I believe in in my heart of hearts that this episode is shareable. Thanks so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. Take care, everyone. That was so much fun. I can't even believe the guests that we get. I mean, can you believe the guests that we get? I can, actually. I schedule them. Awesome. Well done. Well, this episode for me was an absolute blast, and I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. But now that we're in this fun little outro, what should people do next? Hmm. I think they should check us out on iTunes. Definitely go check us out on iTunes. And when you get there, subscribe, drop us a review, and then what's that one last thing we want them to do? share the episode oh that's right that's right it's in the name so please share this episode tell everyone you know and we'll see you on the next episode of shareable bye